0: If you would, turn to Isaiah 43, our message this morning. Although, hopefully you've already gotten some message. Isaiah 43, beginning in verse 16. This is what the Lord says, he who made... A way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together. And they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and owls, because I will provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Yet you have not called upon me, O Jacob. You have not worried yourselves for me, O Israel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you as we've come in this day, we are grateful to so much of what you've done and who you are. And today I pray that you would help us in whatever way it is this morning to step it up to that next level. Recognizing not only who you are, but what you want to do. And that we would leave here having grabbed a hold of something that perhaps we did not have when we walked in. Move and work as only you can. Help me to speak your words. But Lord, I believe that today you can speak things beyond anything I could ever say. Move in us. Not just in our heads, but in our hearts. Move us to move out in your way we thank you for what you're going to do. Take control in this time. Let your word transform and change us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You have kind of the generic form this morning of your sermon notes. You want to write on the title. The title is called A New Hope. If you didn't see that already and get that from the bulletin and everything else. A New Hope, and I know there's probably some that, a uh, small percentage here that are probably thinking, oh, cool, he's going to tie it with the first Star Wars movie, which was really number four, which really is, is in retrospect, really good, because that kind of makes sense with the name, uh, the title, The New Hope, because uh, that really helps this whole uh, calling it that makes sense, and how important a new hope is. And then by this time, some people are saying, "What did he say?" So we're not going to try to explain all the uh, those. Let's just go back just a little bit to the dedication. You know, we look at the little baby bean, and like, you know, that was just that was just so. Oh, I, I, you, you know, you're, we're touched by this. Uh, there's, there's just there's so much hope. There, in this little one, there, there's just so much hope of uh, and what lies ahead and a new and fresh start to life. So much life that is is before and, and the hope of something new. And, and some people think, oh, I just wish I could have that. You know, I, I just wish, you know, obviously I don't want to be go back to being a baby, but, you know, I just wish I could have it. And the truth is you can have that new, that fresh hope. God wants to do something new because that's what Isaiah 43 here is talking about in verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? God wants to do something new. That is a not just a fact statement. That is a faith statement. We can have a new hope that God wants to do something new in and through us today. In the past, we've taken this message, and we've looked at it, and uh, that new that God wants to do, we've applied to our individual lives. But really, the greater application here, obviously, in Isaiah, is to the life of God's people together, not just as individuals, but together. And that's what we want to do this morning, is to look at the new that God wants to do as it deals with our life together as a family of God, the body of Christ, the church here, OCCA. God said that he wants to do a new thing. And just as we talked before, that doesn't mean, when he says he wants to do a new thing here, we've looked at this before, that word does not mean he wants to fix up something so it looks new. It does not mean adding something on. It does not mean putting on a new coat of paint. Uh, What that word means is God doing a brand new, never seen before, unprecedented new thing. God wants to do a new thing. And it is neither the past nor the present. It is the future. It is His future. It is His future for us. Are we ready for that new hope? If so, how do we hold on to that new hope of what God, the new, that God wants to do? The first point is we need to let go of what was. The first point is that we need to let go of what was if we're going to keep a hold of this new hope. Verse 18 in our passage here forget the former things do not dwell on the past now that may seem a little harsh about forgetting the past moving on it doesn't mean that we don't celebrate the past and what god has done because many times in the old testament we read how the god is celebrating and recounting the exodus including right here in isaiah just the verses right before this he's talking about the exodus as an example but the point is we're not to dwell on On that in a way that limits the new that God wants to do. Perhaps as we think of verse 18 here. It's less about putting down the old and more about lifting up the new. We mentioned this earlier this year. God likes to do new things. We don't think of that. But God likes to do new things. In the beginning all the new creation that never existed before God did. That was amazing it is it is simply we we look and wonder and it's just amazing and yet god has said at the end times i'm going to make a new heaven and new earth what well He got this yes he likes to do new things i make a new in fact in revelation 21 he's told i will make all things new That is what god is in the business of doing He's made a new covenant a new commandment along with putting a new song in our mouth He's made us new creations with new hearts new minds and one day new bodies God is in the business of doing new things and that should give us a new hope You know the way that we keep a hold of this new hope To come begins with this verse 18 do not dwell do not diligently consider the past the things of old. They were being told not to dwell on the good in the past because with that attitude, how much better it was back in the past, now it will never be like that. But also they were being told not to dwell on the bad in the past, God's judgments, the tough times and all of that. The pain in the past should not keep us from expecting God to do something new. Instead of just expecting things to stay the same We hold on to the past we are when we hold on to the past so tightly We're not able to grab a hold of the possibilities of the future We can have our focus so firmly on what was That we cannot see what will be We are holding on to So many memories sometimes That there is no room for new miracles with all our old memories that we can't move on we no longer dream of a new hope for a new future the need to let go of what was is seen in those who are looking for God to do something I mean it's not just those who are not they're looking for God to do something they're praying they're believing but there are also there are those that are just saying, where is God? I've been praying. I've been believing he could, that He could do. Where, where is God? Why is he not working? Of course, that His not working is defined by like what He did before. Our faith can be so rooted in what was, we cannot see what will be. All because we're not seeing the kind of amazing things that God did in the past. We're not seeing what God did in the past. Why is he not doing it now? Why is he not? And so all we're doing is looking for what God did before and not what God wants to do the new that he wants to do. Think about this. Think about the temple. For example, the temple when they were rebuilding the temple. It, it, there was no way it was going to be as ornate or opulent or stupendous as the old or the first temple. And some people were whining and complaining. And and more than that, m- uh, mourning. How it's just not going to be like it was in the past. And God through Haggai chapter two, verse nine says to those focused on the former past wonders. God says this, the glory of the present house, this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace declares the Lord almighty. It's not all about those things in the past that you looked at God has something even greater something different something new in the way he what he wants to do And when we are stuck in how great things were How can we possibly believe that there are greater things yet to come? And that Is where our unnoticed problem as christians comes We don't really notice it. Maybe nobody's ever challenged us in this is we have faith in God. Yes, we do have faith in God. But we only have a faith to trust God for what He's done. Oftentimes, we only have the faith in God to trust Him for what was. Yet God says, Remember not the former things. I am doing a new thing. God should not have to prime the pump of our faith by reprising some of the things he did in the fast, past just so we can say, oh yeah, yeah, that God, God is working, God is working, God, God's working because, uh, well, he did this in the past, he's doing it now. No. Whether we see it or not, we say, yes, I believe God is working. Whether we see the same thing that happened in the past does not matter. Yes, I believe there is a new hope ahead. Let's face it, one of the biggest problems in having faith in what will be is that we are having a greater faith in what was. It's possible, not only for individuals, but for churches, to hear about a new hope and say, you know what, I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but it doesn't really apply to me. They think about the defeats they've had in their life and determine that, you know what, I know God can do that, but nothing new is going to happen to me. I believe it's possible. But it's not probable. This is just the way it is. My life is what it is. But God says in verse 19, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? And so often we don't perceive it. All we see is... Is the desert. You know what he says here in verse 19? He says, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And too often, all we see is the desert. We're not, you know, and we think, you know what? There's never going to be streams. Why should I even look? There's not going to be streams. Or, oh yeah, there might be a stream, but it won't be like the streams I had in the past in my life. And therefore, we're changed to the past. And the devil continues to remind us. Of what was to the point at least that you do not have a real personal hope. Because we don't think we deserve God's blessing or it's not going to happen to us. But yet when you read the context here in Isaiah 43 and what's happening around this. The Israel was not coming even close to a deserving reason for God to do a new thing. There was nothing they were doing that was deserved or somehow they got to the point where, yeah, they should get this new, that they should have any hope based on what they were doing or why, what, what they had become. And nonetheless, God says, I'm doing a new thing. We say, sure, Jesus can, but, but, but I, I don't know that he's necessarily going to do it with us. I mean, Jesus can do stuff, but something bigger? I I don't know that that's really what Jesus does. And yet, Jesus, the one that we say that we trust, said in John chapter 14, verse 12, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father do even greater things than these. Is that our new hope? Or are we so focused on a faith of what was that we sabotage this new hope and choose to walk around in the wilderness, in the desert for 40 years as a church like so many churches are doing? We need to make a choice that we are done with that and so much more and no longer chained, but we will be changed and ready to head out for the future promised land of what god wants to do not just believing the facts with our heads but that with jesus who says nothing is impossible with god we have a faith with our heart that will step out trusting that all things are possible with god so in this point one we need to make the decision to let go of what was good or bad it all ended last night which means today is a new day and it's waiting on a new hope it's time to turn the page. And I believe there are those who want to do that even here at OCCA. You know, there are those who are, are, are turning, starting to turn the page. Although, I got to say, it seems like there's some that are starting to turn the page and just kind of keep peeking back at the past, whether it's something that was good or something that was bad they just, you know, we're, 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 we're starting to turn the page. It's here. It's like, yeah, I got to yeah, You know, and I just want to say turn the page, right? It's time for God to do a new thing. And we've got to make the decision not just to grab a hold and start, but just do it. Because we are never going to be able to read what's on that next page until we let go of what was whatever it is, until we let go of what was so that we can reach what will be. We need, and and so the second point would be this, that we need to have a faith in what will be. We need to let go of what was. We need to have a faith in what will be. Now, admittedly, let's just say here, uh, so I'm clear, for, for some people it is tougher to say this than for others because it's not that there's something they should have left in the past but for some it's because they don't feel like they have much left in the future in a very practical sense for some people they recognize that the majority of their life is behind them the life here on earth and in fact when some get older I'm talking of Christians. They get this attitude that, you know what, there's no place for me in the next chapter. I won't be here for that next chapter. And they end up checking out of their part in the body of Christ before this chapter is even closed. You know, just move on without me. I'll just sit down on the bench and wait for the chariot of God to come and pick me up. Right. After all, that's the way God works, right? I mean, we've been talking about like the, the Israelites being set free in the Exodus. I mean, I, probably, I, I know many of you know the story, but you probably know, remember how God, uh, as he told them that they would be free from the bondage in Egypt and to press onto the promised land, you probably remember how he said to those who are older that they just need to stay in Egypt. Those who are an older just need to stay there because you're never going to be able to enjoy the promised land. So what's the point in you even traveling? You know, why worry yourself in that? Just sit and just wait here. And that the deliverance is just for younger ones. And uh, they're the ones that should pack and be given the blessings. Even if you haven't read Exodus, hopefully that what I just said, that just doesn't sound right. Because it's not, Right? They all went to the new land together. At least they began the journey together, all of them. The new hope that is spoken of here in Isaiah and throughout the word of God is for all ages. We never stop living for the Lord. Even when we die, we're not stopping living for the Lord because if we know Him, we are continuing throughout all eternity living for Him. So we press on. We have a faith in what will be, running the race to finish it, to fight the good fight. But I think for others, our problem in having a faith in what will be in a new future, a new hope is a struggle that we have never truly trusted in the Lord in the past to begin with. I want you to hear this because this is tough. Actually, it's tough for some to hear, so I have to say it again. Part of our problem with grabbing a hold of the new that God wants to do and, and really trusting that there is a new hope is that our hope never really in the past was in the Lord. Uh, we said it. We had faith, but our faith was more in man. Our faith was in different people within the church, different resources that existed then. For too many churches, their past successes were defined by the fact that they had more nickels and noses than they did the year before. And then they were trusting in those nickels and noses to bring about more success as defined by the world, not by the Bible. Just think about how people... I want you to think about this. Think about how Christians often talk about the good things in the past that happened in or through a church Are you with me? We're thinking about how do people often talk about the good things in the past that happened in or through a church Usually that conversation does not begin with remember when God did such and such Instead, it's remember when we had such and such a pastor and this happened or remember when we had people with money or people with talent who really knew how to use it for God and we were able to do this big thing? And so our struggle to have faith in the future new that God wants to do is difficult because our faith really in the past was rooted in our work for God that was done with God's help because we prayed, right? Right? We prayed that God would bless what we're doing for him. But the truth is, much of the glory days that people want to go back to in the churches has more to do with the glory unto man than it does with glory unto God. It is unfortunate that there is so much of the celebration of the past that happens in churches that has more to do with pride of what man has done and less to do with praise of what God and only God can or ever will be able to do. If that was even left room for him to do that back then it becomes difficult for us to have a faith in what God what will be and to trust God now because our faith was in people was in resources it was in circumstances yes God provided those but it really wasn't in God it was in these things in the past. And when people look at what's happening now, they say, well, we don't have that. It's not happening right now. We don't have those people anymore here at this church. We don't have those kind of people anymore. We don't have that same kind of attitude that people had back then. We don't have, et cetera, et cetera. We don't have, and therefore, we don't have the faith that God can do something even more, something new, because we did not fully trust God and God alone for the wonders of the past to begin with. Or otherwise, we would be saying it doesn't matter what we don't have like we did before because what we do have is the same God who has the same power to do not the same thing because that's not what he wants to do. The same God with the same power who says, I want to do a new thing. this new deals with what god's going to do and ultimately it's not about me or what we have got to do it's not about it's about embracing what god is going to do and putting our trust in him alone for our future we read verse 19 here that it says that i'm going to do a new thing see uh, it springs up do you not perceive it it is not about pastor tim This is not about the elders. This is not about the board of ministries. This is not about any of this. There are things as I've prayed and sought the Lord that God is saying, you know, for us as we move forward, that God is saying, wait, 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 hold up before you share that. There's some preparing and some planting that still needs to be done here. Because what happens is that Many talk about, yeah, I want I want what God knew, I wanna, want but then when we hear it, uh, well, uh, first of all, some just decide I don't really like that, as if it's a personal thing. You know, this is a, a group thing, but uh, others just say, well, uh, I, I don't, I don't know, I, 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 I don't see us having the money for that. I, we don't have the people for that. We, we don't know how to do that. I, I don't know that we ever will. And, and, you know, we haven't done anything like that before. Uh, that's more than I could even imagine possibly. I mean, that just is beyond my ability to think that we could possibly ever do that. Which should actually be the clue that that's God. And not you. Okay, okay. Somebody says that. Okay, okay, okay. We need to have faith in God alone. I know that, Pastor. But 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 but, but you know how people are in churches. You know how people can be, and how they can ruin things. Uh, you know, they they ruin things by and I stop. Stop having more trust in how people are sinful, selfish jerks than we have trust in a God who is a sovereign Lord who is still on the throne and nobody, no matter what, is taking Him off of there. There is a reason that He does what He does and that He allows what He allows and we can point the finger and blame other people all we want, but we will miss out on what God is trying to do in both the wonders and the blunders. Sometimes we need to realize, like, we do with our individual lives the same way with churches that there are things that happen that we really don't like that actually can be happening because that's the new that god's wanting to do Uh, let's just take an example in the life of the church persecution acts chapter 8 persecution hurts the church hits the church strong 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 they all had to run flee from jerusalem almost all of them not all of them but many of them just had to flee out of jerusalem Where's God? Where's the new thing He wants to do? Where where is His protection? Where is His providing for them? That was it. You see, because they had Acts one eight received power from the Holy Spirit, but they had stayed right at home. Acts one eight says you will receive power. And then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, yes, here at home, but in Judea, in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. That wasn't happening, folks, until Acts 8 and persecution hit the church. And all of a sudden this thing that seemed like it was not a good thing was actually the new thing that God had told them all about all along that should have been happening. They should have been going out, but they really were not. Sometimes we have to recognize God's move. It's difficult to have faith in what will be when we cannot even see what is right now. And it's unfortunate that it, for some people, in some churches, even, all they see is nothing. God's doing nothing really I, mean, I just wish people would listen to those words coming out of their mouth god is doing nothing for all that matters you wonder how could some really even know what god is doing today right in front of them when all they're doing is facing backwards Looking out the rear view mirror, uh, which is so much smaller than the front windshield ahead of what we really should be paying attention to and looking at as we press forward in our faith. I'm not saying that churches are all good. I'm not saying that there aren't difficulties and problems that need to be addressed. But you know what? That's the same thing. It's been throughout all of history. That's what's happening here in Isaiah 43. There are all kinds of problems and people and things going on. And yet God's saying, I'm going to do a new thing. It's a promise happens during the problem when are we going to realize that the overall negative attitude that cuts down churches is not only speaking bad about jesus's bride but ultimately is cutting down and out god even jeremiah the weeping prophet in lamentations whining about all that used to be, and I remember when this was, and I remember when this and this. I, Jeremiah is just talking not only about the past, but he's talking about the present people and problems that are going on and on and on and on. And yet, even Jeremiah, in all that whining, even uh, mentioning all this, even he recognized there is yet a future and a new hope ahead. Lamentations, chapter 3, in verse 17. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I'd hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction, my wandering, the bitterness and gall. I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind. And therefore, I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions, His mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for Him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. There are new fresh mercies awaiting. Whatever has gone on in the past, good or bad, the best days are not behind us. And to say differently is not only not a good reflection on us, it's not a good reflection on God. When we think that the best days are behind us or that there's not good days, there's not something new happening ahead, we are limiting and boxing God in to just what He did in the past. That's it. That's as far as it goes. God reached His limit in what He could do in you. God reached His limit in what He could do in this church 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And now, somehow, this all-powerful, sovereign King of kings and Lord of lords has just stopped being the God of the impossible. Is that true? No. There is a new hope that we can hold on to because the same power that made a way before will make a way again in a new and even greater way. Jeremy Camp has a song called Same Power. Part of it says, I can walk down this dark and painful road. I can face every fear of the unknown. I can hear all God's children singing out, we will not be overtaken, we will not be overcome. For the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that commands the dead to wake, lives in us, lives in us. The same power that moves mountain when he speaks, the same power that can calm a raging sea, lives in us, lives in us. He lives in us. We have hope that his promises are true. In his strength there is nothing we can't do. Yes, we know there are greater things in store. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome our trust has to be in what God can and will do. In verses 16 and 17 of this passage that we read earlier, it's speaking about the deliverance from Egypt. Uh, It really just speaks of the miraculous deliverance from Egypt, even the the whole uh, Israelite army being washed away in the Red Sea and all that kind of thing. And right after he says that, right after he talks about the amazing thing and the chariots and horses and armies being wiped out, then he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past for I'm going to do a new thing. In other words, yeah, that was great, but guess what? Forget that. What I got planned, that's child's play. What I got planned for you, something new, something so much more. You ain't seen nothing yet. The new thing that god is going to do in his power We need to not just be open to this new thing But to be ready for it expect it to make room for it philippians chapter 1 verse 6 being confident in this that he who began A good work in you will carry it on to completion to the day of christ jesus. That is the promise We have faith That this is true that god is going to bring water to the dry and thirsty land so that means that our Faith not only prays for rain, but we get out there and we plow the fields and we plant the seeds. We do what needs to be done. Believing, not just with our heads, but with our hands. That the new thing is coming. And we're ready with a new hope. The preparation that needs to be done. Understanding that that preparation doesn't make it happen. That preparation, whatever he does, does not it doesn't help us to try harder. It just helps us to trust that He is the one. Yes, we have a responsibility to prepare, to plant, to but God gives the increase, an increase in a faith of what will be. What is it that will be? You say, I, I I can't even imagine. I can't think of what it's going to be. Good, because that's exactly what He says. Ephesians chapter three, verse twenty. Now to him who is able to immeasurably more immeasurably more do more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us. That's what's going to happen. So it is about more than we can imagine. Which means that whole forgetting the past, we can imagine that. God wants to do something more. Let's be clear about this. Because some of this could just sound like, ah, he's just pumping us up and we got this new thing. But let's remember what he's saying here in verse 19. He says, this new thing is going to spring forth. It springs up. That word that's used there is like a plant sprouting up out of the ground. Just coming, breaking through the ground, the surface. In fact, if you're not looking, you don't always see it when it first springs up. Oftentimes, probably most of us have seen... Uh, Time-lapse photography showing the the root the seed breaking open and the root going and then it's coming up And then it goes all up and all that kind of thing. Whoa, that's just amazing what's going to happen But the reality is it happens silently the reality it happens quietly and sometimes the reality is it happens slowly But it happens If we really decide to trust the lord and to Trust in what will be. He's growing something under the surface. We don't know where that is. I know for some it seems like it just happened, but it's been going. There's things God's been doing. In your life, there's things God's been doing. In our life as church, for such a time as this, will spring up. But even as it springs up, out, there's still more. Still more new that is to come as long as we don't just keep kicking the dirt of the past over top of this new chute that's trying to bring forth. There is a new hope to look forward. Are we ready for that? Not just are we ready in our heads and our hearts, but our hands to raise the level in a sense of our second core value. that is prayer is the primary work of god's people we're gonna have something towards the end of october here about planning that we're planning for a prayer weekend encountering the upper room with god and really getting close to that because this is where it's at in verse 22 of our passage in isaiah 43 there's all kinds of things they did but one of the things that god points out you know what I say I'm going to do this new thing. All this stuff has happened, but God says in verse 22, you have not called upon me, O Jacob. You have not wearied yourselves for me. So, those who are a part of OCCA, I hope all of you can be a part of OCCA. Not just have we prayed, Lord, bless us, but have we wearied ourselves in prayer before the Lord, seeking the new thing that He wants to do in and through us. We've got to get to it. They get to it. We've got to get to it. In that, let's ask the worship team to come on up and get to it. As they come, let's just remind ourselves that this is not just uh, an Old Testament thing. We're reminded of this whole kind of thing we're talking about in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That is not just something we do as individuals. That is something we do together. Together as a people of God. To press on towards a goal. To win the prize for which Christ has called us heavenward. Father, help us in this time to make that decision. To let go of what was. And have the faith of what will be. A faith that is not have anything to do with trusting in us, what was, what is, but all about trusting in you, the God who wants to do a new thing, a great thing. Help us to have that expectation and to actually walk in it as we turn the page to what you want. In your name we pray.